0: Chapter Four of The Subjection of Isabel Carnaby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Subjection of Isabel Carnaby by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. Chapter Four: The Gaythorns fabia was right when she said that charlie gaythorne had the face of a cherub and isabel was still more correct when she asserted that he had not the figure of one he was one of those huge men with the form and strength of an athlete and the complexion and heart of a little child who are essentially a home product and flourish nowhere save in british soil even more typically than isabel herself he represented the denizens of that happy land which lies securely within the precincts of the red cord for over five centuries the gaythorns had dwelt at gaythorn manor in the county of mershire and had done there whatsoever seemed right in their own eyes in fact in the eyes of all mershire whatsoever gaythorn did became right simply because it was done by a gaythorne so that it would have been difficult not to say impossible for a gaythorne to do wrong but the gaythorns were no unworthy race trailing their honour in the dust and using their liberty as a cloak for lower things they appreciated the duties and the responsibilities of their local infallibility as seriously as any pope could have done and fulfilled and accepted them accordingly they were one of the families that make us realize the advantages of the feudal system as it existed in the middle ages and that it had its advantages there is no doubt the gaythorn men had ever been strong-limbed light-complexioned and clean living fearing god and honouring the king as all true squires should and the dames of their choice had ever been fair women not without discretion withal whose husbands and children had risen up and called them blessed of intellectual gifts to this worthy house nature perhaps had been sparing no gaythorne had ever written books or painted pictures or intruded his fingers into the pies of state there was little originality or individuality in this blameless family's records each squire gaythorne had been the squire gaythorne of his day neither more nor less each had been one of a set rather than a unique specimen an excellent match to the rest of the set it is true but not interesting as a personality charlie's father had been a perfect instance of the accepted gaythorne type too perfect for there to be anything else to be said about him he died just after an indian frontier war in which charlie had won distinction and nearly lost an arm whereupon charlie left the service and entered into his kingdom and was now reigning at gaythorne manor with his mother as grand vizier charlie had a very high opinion of his mother so had she there were few if indeed any matters small or great upon which mrs gaythorne did not feel herself competent to give an opinion and mrs gaythorne's opinions were of the same nature as royal invitations they were expected to be received as commands she had been and still was a fine-looking woman of the stately and statuesque order and it would be difficult to say whether she most resembled a highly religious juno or a somewhat worldly madonna she was not exactly clever but had a way of enunciating commonplace remarks with such force and authority that few of her hearers recognised them as platitudes she was a very good woman according to her lights and though these lights might be lamps of a somewhat antiquated pattern they had proved themselves safe and sure lanterns to guide more than one pair of wandering feet into the way of peace mrs gaythorne invariably dressed in black thereby showing respect for her husband's memory and for st peter's injunction as to female dress at the same time but her broad and ample bosom was as gay as any flower-garden with various and many-coloured ribbons testifying to the various virtues she adorned she wore a blue ribbon to show she was temperate and a white ribbon to show she was chaste a yellow ribbon to show she was conservative and a green ribbon to show she was kind an orange ribbon to show she was protestant and a purple ribbon to show she was truthful and so on through the whole prism of the primary and secondary and even tertiary virtues not that there was any need for the aid of these coloured illustrations to prove to the most superficial observer that mrs gaythorne was all and even more than all that she should be but she wore them as she herself explained for the force of example she was a sort of religious decoy duck decking herself in those moral feathers which are popularly supposed to produce moral birds if mrs gaythorne wore a ribbon all the women in gaythorne village were expected to wear it also and moreover to practise that inward and spiritual grace whereof it was the outward and visible sign a practise which did not come quite so easy to some of them as it did to the lady of the manor now in charlie gaythorne's life up to the present time there had only happened three events of importance the war on the indian frontier his father's death and his meeting with fabia Vipart. it was these three things that had made a man of him with the first two this story has not to deal but without the last it could hardly have been written the moment that captain gaythorne saw fabia's face he fell in love with it and with her in her official position as its owner of the subtlety of her intellect he knew nothing at all and cared less it was enough for him and more than enough for his peace of mind that she was beautiful and beautiful without doubt she was there is a theory abroad among women that the love which is founded upon intellectual gifts is more enduring than the love which is founded upon personal attractions probably it does wear well as all stiff and rather wiry materials do but softer and warmer stuffs wear well also the love that wears best of all in fact the only love that is really worth having is not the love that loves my love with a b because she is beautiful nor the love that loves my c because she is clever but the love that loves my love with an s because she is she and i am i and we too are ourselves and therefore each other for all time and eternity there is no better reason for love than this which is still the better for being no reason at all captain gaythorne had not only fallen in love with fabia he had made up his mind to marry the woman whom he loved if the woman whom he feared approved and it was with the hope of obtaining this approval that he had brought mrs gaythorne to call at prince's gardens this very afternoon to be introduced to the lady of his choice it was characteristic of charlie and therefore of all the gaythornes that the woman upon whose probable consent depended his proposal was not the woman to whom he wished to propose but his mother it never even occurred to him that fabia might object to marrying him but it occurred to him with uncomfortable persistence that mrs gaythorne might object to his marrying Fabia, and he felt that he could never make his offer of marriage if she did yet charlie had won a d s o in india and had been accounted a brave and dangerous enemy by the natives thus do our female relations make cowards of us all isabel duly introduced fabia to mrs gaythorne and then rang the bell for tea at least she set out with the intention of ringing the bell but charlie with his accustomed politeness insisted on forestalling her and with unaccustomed haste and nervousness succeeded in upsetting the boomerang three vases two photographs and a bunch of pampas grass in the attempt he was eager to repair his crime by picking them up again but isabel wisely begged him to forbear and to upset nothing more as she said she did not see the use of throwing good ornaments after bad ones especially when the ornaments happened to belong to her i shall be glad of my tea remarked mrs gaythorne when the commotion had subsided i am thirsty she spoke as impressively as if she were announcing some great scientific truth i have just been taking the chair at the annual meeting of the society for the propagation of the church hymnal among the inhabitants of the antarctic circle and am now on my way to preside at the annual meeting of the anti-tomato league for the suppression of tomatoes as an article of diet and consequently i require a little refreshment mrs gaythorne was guilty of one human frailty namely an inordinate affectation for presiding over public meetings on this matter she knew neither temperance nor restraint as some women take stimulants and other sedatives so mrs gaythorne took chairs i never partake of this delicious beverage the good lady remarked when at last her fleshly cravings had been satisfied without thinking of the teeming millions in china who still dwell in outer darkness and without thanking the goodness and the grace which saw fit to plant me in so much more favourable surroundings favourable alike to my natural and spiritual condition charles the muffins charlie hastened to lift a hot plate of these delicacies from the fireplace and offer them to his hungry parent this manoeuvre he carried out successfully as he was gradually gaining strength and confidence and was far less nervous than when he entered the room at present all had gone smoothly between his mother and the young lady she had been brought to inspect as he phrased it to himself they are getting on like a house on fire true the conversation had hitherto confined itself to such topics as might have been selected on the occasion of a visit from a thermometer to an aneroid namely the present weather and temperature and the prospects of more weather and temperature in the future but the interchange of such items of atmospheric information as had been public property for the last twenty-four hours was carried on in so cordial a spirit that charlie's spirits rose considerably his mother too was evidently enjoying her tea which was a good sign but alas her carnal needs having been supplied she unfortunately turned to higher subjects isabel have you seen anything of gabriel carr lately she suddenly inquired in her strident voice yes mrs gaythorne he was having tea with me last sunday and was as charming and delightful as ever having tea and on a sunday too i should have thought that a clergyman might have been better employed isabel hastened to defend her friend he was better employed as it happened he had been preaching in the afternoon at st cuthbert's and was going to preach at st hilda's so he called and had tea here on his way in order not to waste his time by going back home i cannot approve of sunday visiting for clergymen they ought to be preparing their sermons in the intervals between delivering them and not to be wasting the time in eating and drinking charles another muffin and you isabel i will trouble for a third cup of tea i feel quite exhausted after my speech upon antarctic hymnology and i shall never be able to do justice to the anti-tomato question unless i am fully fortified the dutiful charles hastened to fortify his mother assisted by isabel and the excellent lady calmly continued i am distressed deeply distressed to hear that gabriel has introduced flowers upon the communion table at his own church real flowers she added as if artificial ones would have been less heinous in her eyes why on earth shouldn't he demanded isabel who was nothing if not courageous because it is popish and therefore wrong that doesn't follow in the first place i don't agree with you that it is even what you call popish but even if it were that wouldn't prove that it was wrong the two terms are not synonymous you might just as well say that because the thing was protestant it was therefore right that is precisely what i should say isabella moreover the romans are so narrow and bigoted believing that no man is right except themselves and we all know that narrowness and bigotry are most unchristian they certainly are mrs gaythorne but all the same i cannot agree with you in calling things roman which are merely catholic charlie moved in his chair uneasily he did not want to marry isabel so it did not much matter what her religious opinions were but all the same he wished she wouldn't inflame his mother and just when things seem going so smoothly too Isabella exclaimed mrs gaythorne i am surprised at you you ought to know better i do know better that's what i'm just saying retorted the graceless one with a laugh miss bypart said mrs gaythorne turning so suddenly upon fabia that that young lady fairly jumped i trust that you do not approve of ritualism not at all replied fabia with some truth and charlie breathed freely again i am glad to hear that very glad it is a terrible snare to the young by the young mrs gaythorne was referring to isabel but naturally fabia did not grasp this why to the young especially she innocently asked because the young are foolish and ignorant being sadly prone to run after any new fad that takes their fancy charles what is the time i must on no account be late for the anti-tomato meeting half-past five mother shall i call you a cab not for another ten minutes my meeting does not begin until six o'clock and i consider it just as much a sin against the true spirit of punctuality to be too early as to be too late isabella i repeat that i do not understand your present attitude of mind probably not replied isabel still mrs gaythorne i repeat that if as you say gabriel carr has flowers upon the altar i think he is quite right i did not say so isabella how can you so misinterpret me i said upon the communion table and mrs gaythorne fairly glared but isabel stuck to her guns if it is right for us to beautify our own houses with flowers why isn't it right for us to beautify god's house i consider that even in our own dwellings things of that kind are apt to harbour dust and mrs gaythorne glared significantly at isabel's overturned pampas grass the letter could not help laughing naturally when they are strewn upon the floor but you will do me the justice to admit that this was my misfortune and charlie's fault gabriel's flowers are not strewn upon the floor you see and it is gabriel's flowers that we are discussing are they not isabella there you make a great mistake i have heard and upon very good authority that upon palm sunday gabriel actually did have his church strewn with willow branches which he chose to call palms willow branches mark you actual willow branches and that seems to me even worse than having flowers upon the communion table miss here fabia jumped again you will agree with me i am sure i think you said you were not a ritualist no but still mrs gaythorne you can hardly consider me an authority on such questions as i am not a christian mrs gaythorne fairly bounced in her chair not a christian miss vipart surely i cannot have heard you aright here poor charlie interposed wondering what evil spirit had prompted fabia's untimely confession to lure both herself and him to their destruction never mind mother what she is she's all right pon my soul she is and you'll be awfully late for your meeting if you don't go at once his mother brushed him aside as if he had been an irritating midge. silence charles i have yet four minutes then turning again to fabia do i understand you to say that you are a heathen miss Vipart? practically so i am afraid then how do you expect to be saved i don't expect it i don't expect anybody to be saved not you nor i nor anybody else here charlie gasped and even Isabel held her breath the mere idea of not expecting mrs gaythorne to be saved seemed almost stupendous in its blasphemy poor charlie felt that all was over between himself and fabia and isabel considered that whatever punishment the affronted lady chose to inflict upon the culprit would be well deserved so they both waited in helpless silence to see what form the merited chastisement would take but they had reckoned without their host mrs gaythorne rose from her chair and walked majestically across the room to where fabia was sitting and laid her beautiful hand upon the girl's shoulder my dear she said and her voice was no longer strident but reminded charlie of what it used to be when he was ill as a little boy i should like to see more of you and to help you if you will come to my house i will read to you and pray with you and do all that i can under god to teach you to be his child then before the other three could recover from their astonishment charles my cab it is twenty minutes to six charlie and isabel were dumbfoundered. they thought they knew mrs gaythorne out and out but they had never calculated upon her behaving in this way they were altogether out of their reckoning for they had forgotten that there is a power stronger than prejudice or bigotry or invincible ignorance a power which constrains men and women to-day as it constrained the apostles of old the power of the love of christ Chapter 4.